This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly, like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Today, you've got myself, Omar, joined by Mickey. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, fella. Not too bad at all. And we welcome Kai from Mill Fan TV again. How you doing, Kai? Good, thank you. Very good, thank you. So, Mill's back after a couple of week break, or, you know, we had the Christmas break off, so to speak, guys. And yesterday, we lost 2-1 to Coventry City. I mean, I don't know where to probably start with that one. I'm going to go straight to you, Kai. I'm going to see what your re- immediate reaction was to that game yesterday, mate. Appalling, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, after such a good sort of um, build up to it, thinking, you know, we've had a rest, we could, we could definitely win this game. I think in the predictions, Lil put out a prediction uh, column before the game, people were predicting 4 5 nil. And to be fair, I, I did think we could turn them over yesterday. Um, but yeah, we looked we looked behind the pace. We looked, obviously, our match fitness just didn't look, didn't look there at all. Uh, yeah, it ended up being a really disappointing defeat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure where to start with that one. I think we'll go through the team lineup that Gary Wright put out first, which obviously I think raised a couple of eyebrows, but 
I was still kind of hopeful at first. I mean, he's gone Bielkowski in goal, standard back four, really, of late of Romeo, Hutchinson, Cooper, Morales left back. And then he's gone for a midfield pairing, which is the main talking point online, guys, of Williams and Woods. I mean, we'll get on to that in a moment. And then he's gone for three, but well, I'd say it was four, four, two, really. Wallace on the right, Bennett on the left, and then Bodvarsson and Bradshaw up front. Both of which are not as effective as previous games, it has to be said. I mean, we'll start with the forward line. I mean, Bodvarsson was hooked at half half time, Mickey. What, where did it go wrong? We'll, we'll go to the midfield because I'm sure you're going to mention that first, mate. Go on, talk, talk to me about the game and your thoughts. Well, it's got to be it's got to be Ryan Woods, isn't it? I, I I think that when he's in the team, we just play completely different. And putting him with Williams, they just don't work together. It's it, it was a disaster from the beginning. And the problem was is that we could all see it, and then we're thinking he's got to make a substitute. He's got to make a substitution. This is wrong. He's got to sit there and do it. Then he makes a substitution. And leaves the fucker still on. And you're thinking, what the fuck? You know, why bring on... Um, who did he bring on in the end? I can't remember now either. Oh, but, brought on Troy uh, Paris for Bosfarton right? and Bennett and changed formation. And you're like, okay, fine. You've changed formation to a slight, but why the fuck are you leaving Woods on? He's doing nothing. He gave us no benefit yesterday. He was so fucking deep. He might as well played in goal for us. Do you know what I mean? He was... Oh, mate, I... I, I I've got no word, but I'm not a big fan of Woods anyway, but everyone's fucking is thinking I'm mad. But actually yesterday, there seems to be lots of people on social media who seem to be having the same thoughts, finally, what I've been having for a while now. So um, we'll see. But no, I I think Woods um, pairing with Williams definitely was an issue and Woods was definitely an issue. When he's not in the team, we play completely different. I don't know really where to start this one. I mean, first half was appalling. That, that, that has to be said. I mean, we had no shots on target, Kai. We had no real efforts. I think we had two corners to their four. Coventry, by the way, before going into this game, I think they hadn't won in four. You know, struggled against the likes of Stoke, Sheffield Wednesday beat them. You know, teams that are, you know, down the bottom. Huddersfield, they got a draw with. You know, we should have really turned up yesterday, especially with a, few, a couple of weeks off, and done them. But that first half, zero shots, nine shots to them. It was all them. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, they did. They just looked so much more threatening than us, didn't they? Um, you know, started the game and and you could see what sort of afternoon it was going to be. They were pressing us. They were the best way to beat Millwall is is outwork us, isn't it? At the end of the day, and they they got our they got our formation down to a T. They they just stopped the wing backs from coming forward. Well, our wing uh, our um, fullbacks from coming forward. And Marlon and Murray. Well, Murray had a shocker, didn't he? But I, I really like Murray. I think he's Mister Reliable. But yesterday, no, he really wasn't. But everyone has a bad game, I guess. He eventually got sent off Murray Wallace. Um, obviously, a hard one for him, I suppose, because, you know, he's been a steady Eddie, so to speak, quite a reliable person for us. I mean, Fankety Dabba at right back of previous Chelsea fame caused all sorts of problems down that right-hand side in the first half. And to the point where in the second half, you know, Rowett changed formation completely, went back to a back five. I mean, it stopped the threat, I suppose, a little bit down that right-hand side for Coventry, but ultimately O'Hare gets Wallace sent off late in the second half, which is unfortunate because he misses the game. I think he probably would have been dropped from the next game anyway, but you know, unfortunately for him, that's how it's gone. I mean, second half was a bit better. We've got to talk about the positives, I suppose, and hopefully something to grab onto. Kenta Hall coming on second half had a bit of an impact, didn't he? I mean, I'm hoping with him coming back, Kai, we can start to see a bit more from him. What, what do you think? I mean, second half was a little bit better, but nothing special nonetheless. And I agree. I think that, um, however, Kenza Hoare and Troy Parrott was was probably the, the brightest part of the game, weren't they? Um, I thought Parrott was a lot more lively. And that ball 
I know, I know we just moaned about Woods, but that ball from Woods to Parrot was for the penalty was a brilliant, brilliant pass. Um, but if you're going to play Woods, you have to have someone, you have, the movement has to be there and, and he can pick out them passes. But when there's no movement, his point is playing Woods because he just plays side to side, backward passes. But yeah, Zahor looked really good. Zahor was strong on the ball and he, 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 looked, he looked threatening. So we didn't see Ryan Leonard yesterday at all, I don't believe. He didn't come on the pitch or anything. I think he was on the bench. I mean, after the game, Gary Rowett, in his uh, post-match interview, obviously something when he was first in was so refreshing. A lot of people being quite, you know, critical online of this, which we'll get onto in a bit. But, you know, a lot of people thinking, is he taking full responsibility for the performances? Is he like just, you know, a lot of these waffling that before was kind of, you know, I'm calling it waffling now because even I was in love with that before. <clears throat> Excuse me. So even I was in love with him talking before, after the games and kind of being clear about it. But now I'm looking at him thinking, you're talking a lot, but you're not really doing much with it. And that, that's kind of, you know, it's a warning sign in my own head, let alone reading through Twitter. So we had eight players down with COVID in the last week or so. What kind of impact, Mickey, do you think that's had on the side? I mean, four, he said yesterday four or five of the players that started yesterday had COVID. Could that explain why they're looking flat-footed, not really on it? They played like they've still got COVID. Welcome, Neil, to the show, by the way. He just joined us. Yeah, to be honest. They played like they've still got COVID. They were blowing out their asses after about 30 seconds, weren't they? I mean, it was, it was like it. a team that hadn't been training. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you have to ask yourself what impact did it have on the performance if that's you know, if that's true and it's not an excuse. I think that's it. I mean, so we didn't see Leonard yesterday, like I was saying before. You just joined the call, Neil. There, I think what Kai's point was is obviously normally a two-man midfield. You'd like to have someone that plays around, someone that likes to play the passes. Whereas and then out next to him, you'd want someone that's got more box to box, a bit more industrious. Thompson on the bench not used, and Leonard on the bench not used. I think that's criminal. I do think so. And especially when we're struggling to get a foothold in the game and you want a Millwall kind of player in there, Thompson could have been an adequate replacement if Leonard wasn't available, Kai, surely. A hundred percent, yeah, definitely. He said that five of the players, I think five of the players started had, had COVID and and had had, had COVID and eight of them altogether. So that obviously leaves three on the bench that, that might have had COVID. So, <laughs> We, never, we don't know. We, 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 we can't judge because obviously Thompson and Leonard could have had, could have been the ones with COVID. Um, but yeah, if they're fully, if they have, if they're fully fit, they, there's no reason why it shouldn't have brought them on. We needed someone to link the play a little bit better. And I think one of them two would have been, would have been the answer. We get I the mean, goal in the second half. I mean, go on, Ricky. Sorry, I was going to go. I was just to say, I mean, Bradshaw. I mean, you look at Bradshaw. I mean, Bradshaw's normally, you know, quite a fit fella and all that. And then when the camera panned onto him, um, it was it was blowing out his ass, and you wouldn't expect um, a professional player like that to be blowing that badly, unless unless COVID and the fact that they've not been training because of isolation or anything. Because don't forget, they've just come out of isolation. Really, they had to have the the ten days and everything else. Um, potentially, there might have not been any real training. So, you know, would they be that unfit to a degree? But I mean, Bradshaw was blowing out his ass like what me or you would be doing. Do you know what I mean? I mean, me definitely. If I was playing football and run, made the run what he'd done, I'd, I'd be fucking puking on the sideline, mate. Not much more than you know he was blowing. Even Jable getting hooks at half time. I mean, go on, Neil. I mean, it must be something. Yeah, well, apparently, will it affect your lungs? Mm. So, and I know what DVT's like because I've had that, and that really does affect your lungs and affects your capacity to walk and things like that. That is absolutely horrible. So. 
you, you have to ask yourself what training have they done they've probably not done an awful lot because if they're all because if the vast because if the vast majority of that team are in isolation there's nothing you can do you can you can you can be given all kinds of gym equipment but you ain't going to feel like bloody using it are you and the rest of them yeah, with the training grounds closed, what can they do? They can go for a walk, can't they, around the local park or something like that. It, yeah, it's probably about time that they paused the season, I think. I think that's what you've got to get out of this. We haven't played for two games. We've Well, we've got eight players that are struggling with it. You've got to ask yourself, is it worth it at the minute? And are, and are the protocols in place as strictly adhered to as they were when they came back in August where they were in strict bubbles but that doesn't appear to be that appears to have slipped this time doesn't it? I mean we know by looking at it obviously especially in the football league the outbreaks seem to be very like very very not sporadic but when they're hitting clubs they're hitting them really hard you say Mills has eight <laughs> cases and eight players I mean Neil's coughing over there so hopefully COVID's not made his way down to him over there hopefully not <laughs> but um, you know like I think it's obvious that the football league itself are falling with the no testing and not affording the tests I mean is it something maybe we should be looking into maybe the Premier League should be helping out a bit more I mean it's it's one of those where you know you're thinking of these ideas, but how reliable are these, you know, these clubs to come forward and help the rest of the football league? Because that's ultimately the problem, isn't it, Kai? I think if there's cases all around the place and affecting clubs, especially in the football league, it's going to stop eventually, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was one of them. I think it was um, either here or uh, speaking to someone else about it. But um, the problem is if you have a circuit break, um, you know, like a two week, whatever, two week, three week uh, break, the players are still going to probably going to be training with each other, aren't they? So whether that actually cuts it out or not in between the squads, I guess it will help with the matches. But really, how easy is it to catch from a match? Because, you know, you're only sort of next to each other for a couple of seconds, if that, at a time. So, but yeah, I do think the testing maybe may need to be reintroduced because the testing worked really well last year, didn't it? But when the football came back. I think that's it. And I think if you're going to have a break, you're right. It's like the circuit break. If it's a two weeks, they're going to be training for at least a week of it in the build-up to that game. They might get a week off and then be back in for the build-up to the next game. So if there's going to be a break, it's going to be three or four weeks, Mickey, I guess, isn't it? If that's going to be the case. What are your, what's your thoughts on it, Mickey? Oh, I totally agree. I think it's going to be... It, it needs probably a month or two-month complete shutdown. The players can do what they did before where they were training in-house. They were all monitored, GPS, everything else. But, I mean, you look at this weekend, yeah? Championship games, Brentford-Bristol, COVID. Luton-QPR, COVID. League One, Peterborough-Doncaster, COVID. Rochdale, MK Dons, COVID. Shrewsbury, Crew, COVID. Bradford, um, Morecambe, COVID. We had um, a few others what were cancelled lastminute.com through COVID. This is, this is down to the fact that League One, League Two definitely isn't testing for COVID, or they weren't, unless they've gone back to it because they weren't affording it. Um, we've had a debate on this in our, in our group, and it's it's a lot of money. Um, championship aren't testing, as far as I was led to believe, unless they've gone back to it because of recent spikes. But you're looking at ten grand a pop, you know, twice tested, two times a week, all the staff, all the all the medical staff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You're talking ten grand a week and forty grand a month, and at the moment. Millwall ain't got that money, and nor's most of the other championship clubs. Um, I think the Premiership are doing the 20-minute tests, which must be costing a fortune, but I don't know. There, there's a different reason, you see. there's a, 
there's a different reason for the Premiership to carry on playing because it, it's financially viable for them to test compared to us because the amount of money what's tied up in football um, through the TV rights, if they don't show them, is is scary. The compensation, what Sky, BT, etc., etc., will want back. The Premier League is is not in a million years going to want to pay that back. So they will they will view it and go, do you know what? Half a million pound a week spent on on testing between the clubs is worth us paying it because the benefits outweigh the outweigh the negatives. Can I just pop in here? They're actually yeah, but they are actually starting twice a week testing from this week in the football league. That was announced last week. Is that being funded by the FA, the EFL? Is that being funded by clubs? Yeah, I think it's actually being funded by the Premier League. Right. Because the reason uh, I ask that and the football league, yeah, yeah, but I've just had a quick yeah, but I've just had a quick look now. Uh because I could vaguely remember the story. And it's just been confirmed. I know that we had a conversation in our group chat last week mm. when Omar didn't quite believe how much it was costing. Still so can't. I someone. Still can't, honestly. So I messaged someone in sport and, yeah, what did it come out at? Eight grand, wasn't it, or something you said to you a week, wasn't it? It's about £85 yeah. pound a person, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, do you remember that conversation that we had? And, and I think we were all at gold, weren't we, at the cost that it, of actually, of how much it actually the cost incurred, but I think it's something that they've got to do now. They've, uh, they want to keep sport, they've got to do yeah. it, haven't they? That's it, really. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. Because, <sighs> because, because I think we're at this kind of stage we were at March, aren't we? They need to go in, into a full lockdown bubble, use, use, use appropriate <laughs> areas like they've done before, like they were talking about before during lockdown, you know, <laughs> where you've got. Um, St George's Park, wherever it is, or you know, I mean, I'm not being funny. Places like Wembley could be converted. It's fucking massive. You know, they could put boxes where the boxes are, make them into dorms or such, and keep things there and keep a, a complete isolation and play play teams within, so that everything's a bubble. No, no, no more grief um, and risk because if the football stops, the financial pain to the clubs is going to be unbelievable. I know if football stops, it's a, it's a nightmare to us, but if they don't stop and carry on doing, we're going to end up playing until fucking Christmas or the Premier League and all that are going to start wanting, you know, hundreds of million pounds back in um, in compensation payments. A lot of it's not being taken seriously as well. I think um, I saw over the weekend a picture surface of a couple of Tottenham players and West Ham players, the Argentinian lot, um, all merging together for Christmas with their families. So the problem is a lot of it is kind of being forgotten about and that's unfortunate, but that's ultimately what's going to put pay to the season continuing if it's going to be like this. I agree with you, Mickey, but it's difficult because the only solution I can think of is doing a kind of a World Cup scenario where a team is isolated in a hotel for two months, smash the season out, a couple of days a game. But reality is that's not practical because all these people have got their families and kids at home. What footballers going to want to be about seeing their family for two or three months? Some of them might have families and stuff like that, but ultimately it's not an option to lock them down in a hotel. Yeah, but that would cost too much money for the football league. It's guaranteed to finish the season in the Premier League if they were to do it. But But again, that's the Premier League. I agree. Mm. Yeah, because they're getting what? Yeah, but they're getting what? Ten million pound a game, aren't they? Uh, The likes of yeah, the likes of I don't know. 
Crawley as somebody in League Two. They couldn't afford to do that. It would just just wouldn't be cost effective. I is think. It, is well, it not worth for the lower leagues to just say we're going to stop? We're going to stop. We're going to stop it for now. All the lower leagues, give them a compensation break package, and say this is to keep you going. This is it. It's down. We just need to to start redoing something and and literally just go right. The Premiership. You have to you have to do your own thing, but no, because you know there's loads of rumours. We 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 get loads of texts. We saw the texts over the weekend about the 11, 12 Premiership players what allegedly had a Christmas party, flying in on private jets, etc., etc., etc. We're not going to name them because obviously we don't know if it's true or not. So, but you know everyone's seen those messages what have been flying around. There's the Brazilians from Tottenham, the Brazilians from other teams meeting up. There there's there's loads of things where people aren't. I mean. Whether you're one side of the argument, you know, whether or not you're anti-mask, whether or not you're masked, whether or not you believe or you don't believe, the problem is, is that there's still lots, even yesterday, the day before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've got people, I mean, you had people outside um, St. Thomas's Hospital screaming at the doctors, telling them it's a fake disease when these doctors are treating people inside there. You know, we all know people who possibly had it, maybe not bad, but we know people have had it just for the benefit of those listening without being able to see the see the footage here um, because we're not putting the footage out, but we might now just on this one. Neil standing there in his Millwall embossed mask looking like a member of treatment. Um, That's the only thought... time where it's appropriate to wear a Millwall related mask, isn't it? You, you would never have thought a year ago this would be a scenario where he's wearing a treatment, <clears throat> almost a Millwall treatment mask, isn't it? It's unbelievable. You know, I, I go... <laughs> Go back, go back, what, to March time, a bit, bit later on in April, where are we, middle of the year. So say June-ish time. I remember having a conversation with Steve Kavanagh where he turned around to me and said, I've never in my life been in a position where I thought that we would be designing and manufacturing Millwall-branded masks for fans to wear. He said, in all my life of being in football, I'd never, ever thought that I'd be looking at manufacturing masks for fans to wear, which you wouldn't. I mean, out of all the environments, I bet that must be an absolute fucking scary scenario for all the police and football clubs in the country that their fans are going to wear masks to their grounds. <laughs> I would hasten to think. I would really hasten to think. I mean, one day we'll get back to that scenario. We'll see. I mean, we've banded on about COVID enough, I feel like, guys. Should we talk about some reactions online on Twitter? Because um, there's some good tweets, wasn't there, from yesterday when we put a few bits out. Do you want to read a couple, Mickey? You've got, I mean, we've got, um, Hobbsy is a good one, and I'll get some more and we can go from reactions. We can talk about these. Um, Hobbsy um, put out a good one <clears throat> where he put, uh, embarrassing. Commentary not a good side. Wolves formation, lack of legs, poor attitude are making them look like Barcelona. Um, Manchester in okay, change it right. Um, but the heads just don't look interested. Lack of motivation is worrying. Man face palming from Hobsey. Um, <clears throat> I think he's, I think he's hit the nail on the head. Spot on. I think so, indeed, mate. I think that's the problem I saw from a lot of people yesterday, Kai. Online, I kind of agree with them. Like Wallace's attitude wasn't there yesterday, and neither was you know, Kruppos scoring own goals, unfortunate, but performances from like key standout players just really poor. Definitely, they well, they were. I thought the uh, back four were really poor yesterday, probably for the first time in a long time. Cooper nearly scored four uh, three own goals. You know that one that hits the bar, that goes in. That's three ones come off him. Um, 
you know, uh, Murray Wallace was unusually poor yesterday, uh, as we, we already said about Woods and Williams, but the standout players like Hutchinson and, and Cooper and, and they were poor yesterday and, and you normally get good performances from them and therefore that leads to a good back, back uh, defensive performance, even if we can't score a goal. Absolutely, mate. And then let's, we'll read the next tweet. I think we've got one from AJ Mill Ayus, is it? Mill Ayus? Yeah, I think it's Mill Ayus, yeah. Anyway, so um, he says... Alexander frus- Jackson. Frustrated. I thought Williams and Woods would be good combo, but no pace in the middle. And Cov on the counter just overrun them. I think either Leonard or Thompson on one f- on for one of them. Front four are, are always double marked. Hopefully the second half will be an improvement. That was obviously during the game. Fingers crossed. I mean, the second half was a bit of an improvement. Not massively. The consensus is, I mean, you got the next one from Milwaukee. Woods and Willow together just this doesn't work. I'd bring Lenny on Woods. Nervous about Murray Wallace, but not sure what can be done about that, really. And we've got, I mean, we got, well. I mean, there's some more. I mean, you look at there's, um, uh, obviously, there was a, uh, another show which put some stuff out, um, Nick's show, where, you know, some of the people there, I mean, emotional one, Shatsy, I think we need to play him deeper, the same way Derby used Rudy. That way he can sit in and start our play because our defenders can't pass water. Also, players need to that are full on energy around him, not Williams. This is on 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 the Ryan Woods debate again. Never thought before. I thought before playing him further forward would be an asset to us. Thing is, he looks he likes to sit in. The ball is decent under pressure. He's average at best. Um, that was from Tony Monday again. Phil Clark nail on head. The option of playing further forward shouldn't exist. Um, he clearly doesn't play that role or he'd be doing it, may as well have options of playing in goal. Like I said to you, do you know what I mean? He's so fucking deep, he might as well play in goal. Um, there, there, there's there's so many. Matt Webb, I'm not reading out your post, mate. Um, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Lion Wolf, we do not have players in our squad for him to flourish. He needs pace around him, which is why he was good at Brentford. He's also played better last season with Malumbo, um, was in the side. Is, is that the problem? Has he got no one around him with pace? I don't think it is. I think he just is a lazy player. He just likes to sit deep. I hate scapegoating him. I really do. Go on, Neil. I really do hate scapegoating him, though. He's the Gavin Williamson of this Millwall squad. He's fucking useless, and I wish he hadn't have been born, let alone fucking joined my football club, yeah? Yesterday, he was an embarrassment. He was a wage thief. Every ball yeah. he touched, mate, he, 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 had, he had the touch of a rapist. Do you know what I mean? Awful. Yeah. Somebody said to me, you're not playing him in his best place. His best place is back in fucking Stoke. Yeah. yeah. Not at my football club. I'm not being funny, and I, and I hate to say this. I'd rather he fucked off back to Stoke and we got Lee Gregory back. At least with Lee Gregory, you know what you get. He might not score a lot of goals, but he'll score one or two. Yeah, well, and that's works. A fucking game. And he works. He works his bollocks off, doesn't he, Greg? Yeah, but he also can't get a game for Stoke, so I wouldn't have him back either. He'll probably get a game for us, though. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, because we're fucking desperate. Yeah? It was just a desperate performance. And everything that Rowett had done good in two games, he undid yesterday by putting Woods back in. Okay, as COVID played a part of that, are the others not fit enough to play? You don't know, but he was—he, he, yeah, he was just fucking embarrassing. But that's not get away from it. To score goals, you need to create chances. It's pretty simple, and we don't create chances. He bought on Troy Parrott, and Parrott was having to drop too deep for the ball. No, then Parrott is a striker. You put the ball in the box, and the geezer will probably score for you. It's not fucking rocket science. You, know, you go on to that, right? And I mean, okay, you know. 
we'll finish up and um, we'll feed. But you go back to um, Parrot and Zahar, they looked different gravy yesterday, didn't they? They should. I mean, I know Zahar ain't fit, but they should have played from a lot earlier than they did. They were different Zahar. gravy. You mean Zahar, right? Not Zahar, Zahar, yeah. Okay. Zahar, sorry. Yeah. Just in case people will correct you on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem, yeah? Zahar's not fit. No. But they can't play him. Look what happened the last time they played him for a bit too long. Mm. He popped his calf or whatever he did, or his quad or something, and he's out for bloody eight weeks. Mm. You, but <coughs> it's just rocket science. You need to create chances, and you're not creating chances. Stop We're stopping Kai. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Yeah, I mean, that's, I was going to come on to my question now. That's, I was going to move it on to the next subject. I mean, what's next, Kai? What 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 are your thoughts and what's your feelings when I say, row it in or row it out? What what, what would you do if you was John Berylson and you was going into the January window with your manager, I think with 14 games, one win, you know, what's your gut feeling on this one? Um... Personally, I think we have to back him um, in the James Hunts window. I know there's not much money around, but I think we have to give him a chance because, you know, we've given, we gave him the summer and he spent, what, 250000 supposedly on Mason Bennett. But other than that, they're all loans. So we need to give back him a little bit, give him some money, give him a chance to sort of bring some bring of his own players in that he wants to bring into the club. Um, I think that um, Zahor, for example, I think he will improve as he as he. Um, as he gets fitter and also be interesting to see I know a lot of people have, have a split opinion opinion on him but once he's back from injury I wonder how Conor Mahoney will fit into the team if he will and you know whether he'll be the one to start creating chances maybe Now that's the ominous question Conor Mahoney I, I'm, I'm not convinced personally but we'll have to wait and see on that one it's interesting kind of talking point I suppose the same with Ryan Woods I mean I, I, my personal intake on that one is I don't want to scapegoat one player for the poor form I feel like it's a culmination of a lot of players on the team that are letting us down and yes, Woods and Williams shouldn't have started yesterday. I said it myself on Twitter. I mean, someone compared the performance yesterday, Mickey. I can't remember who it was, and forgive me for not remembering. He compared it to low mass at times. You know, the performance was like playing under low mass. And I mean, he's got a point, I feel like. Yesterday, especially in the first half, mate, appalling. Absolutely. Um, so, is, are, so are you row it in or row it out, mate? I'm row it in. I, I... I'm the same as TT. I think we're all rating, to be fair. Um, I don't see the point of of this part of the season to sit there and be going on against the manager. I mean, I've seen someone on, on Twitter this morning, you know, um, Harris going to get sacked, Rowett gets sacked, bring Harris back. At least he can keep us in the league. No, Harris went for a reason because he 
he moved us as far forward as he could and couldn't do anything else. And, you know, there is, I suppose, speculation there. But, um, no, I, I think give him the transfer window, let him have a look, um, and and at least let him do so. Because at the moment, most of these players are, are from um, Harris time. And also, he's had to deal with all this COVID. We don't know, personally... What's going on with this COVID? We don't know how much they're training, how much they're not. We don't know, you know, how many players suddenly get isolated or have to isolate. I mean, we know people ourselves from one week. I mean, my girls had three, four weeks off school through where someone in her class or somewhere in her buildings, she's had to isolate. We don't know what's working with them, how far it is, everything else. And it's probably something what we're not going to know. But we've got to look at the wider picture and go, we're in the middle of a fucking shitstorm. And <clears throat> you've got to do what you can within that shitstorm to try and, and filter. Yes, we're not playing good, but is it the right time to get rid of our manager? The next question on there is, who the fuck are we going to get if we get rid of him? Who right. is there? That's true. That's the problem, isn't it? I suppose. But the thing is, I thought the same on the Harris all the time. I always thought if Harris leaves, because I was always, I was never Harris out, but I was always getting sick of his play towards the end. But then the reality was is Gary Rout came in and the bounce we got from him. So there is always people out there that can take the job. I'm personally Rout in as well, like everyone else. I still think he needs time. He needs back in January window. I think worst case scenario is we have a shit season and finish 20th. You let him go again next year, wouldn't you, Neil? I would, personally. I wouldn't sack him. I think it's, I think it's a typical social media knee-jerk reaction, isn't it? I think he showed enough in the previous two games to suggest that we don't need to sack him. Do you put yesterday down to COVID? Probably. It's a poor excuse, I know, but we might as well use it. Clutch at straws. Uh, I do think if we get beat by Boreham Wood in the cup next week, <laughs> I, I think I might probably change my tune a little bit. But who do you get in this Harris back nonsense? We need to stop harping back to Neil Harris. Did, how, yeah. did someone say that? Sorry, Neil. Is, that, is people been calling for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just said. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, there is. It's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone posted it. Yeah, well, we need to stop harping back to Neil Harris and players like and players. Well, we've got a problem at Millwall. If somebody does okay for us, we want them back at all costs, don't we? Jason Punchin. Christ, every transfer window comes up. Hoff's calling for Jason Punchin to come back. Fuck me. I mean, Steve Morrison, manager of Millwall, has got a bit of a ring to it, don't you think? No. No, He hasn't been managing for long enough. In in two or three years' time, yes. But what's he... Yeah, what is he? Under-23 manager at Cardiff? He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, but he'll be looking for a new job when they sign. He will out. be looking for a senior job, I guarantee. Yeah. But I mean, I personally think one day that will be it. That will be an inevitable thing of Morrison Manager Mill, which I struggle to picture, if I'm honest with you. But yeah. What hasn't done, apart from his blind facing that ginger moron in midfield, he hasn't done an awful lot wrong. Yeah. Okay, the football's not as good as it was. And I'd like to know why it isn't as good as it was. We had a carefree attitude last year. But that's, but that's face it. We've had two games before yesterday where we played okay. In fact, well, we played bloody well, didn't we? Let's face it. 
Yeah, well, that's pretty honest. And who do you replace him with? Oh, bring in the Cowley brothers. Fuck off. Did you see what they did at Uddersfield? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They did a pretty good job at Lincoln City where they got them promoted and I think they got into the Football League and I think they got them promoted a second time, didn't they? But honestly, we... We've got to stick with him. We've got to back him through this transfer window. Give him some resources. Let him change things around a bit. I think we need to some players out, some players in. And let's just stick with him till the end of the season. Let's make a decision then. Yeah, but we all know he isn't going to stick around for long. So why should we pay off another manager? Let's just wait for somebody to come in for him, turn his head, and we get some compensation for him. I think the best one I've seen this morning, it's it, it's um, Millwall friends, my thoughts. We have a manager who ran out of ideas, an owner that doesn't want to spend. Best thing to happen now, Berylson sells to someone who wants to splash the cash. Five to ten million a player is what it will cost to succeed in this league. <laughs> Anyone with me? That's from Lady Lion 2 on Twitter. Mate, if that's... that, That's just... Delusional. To say that Berylson don't spend is bollocks. Berylson's been here, what, 10 years and spent best part of £80 million. I reckon that if if there's a player there, what, what will be a good investment and a good benefit, he'll spend the money. If it's if we're on a promotional, if we're on a, a potential into the premiership, he will write checks like they're going out of fashion. Guaranteed. But we have never been that close to actually guaranteeing to get in that place. And that's the problem. I see it. And I mean, I, I do agree with backing the manager in the January window. And I feel I do have confidence in him to put it right. I just feel, I mean, let's come back to it, Kai. I mean, the only problem I feel I've got is the last time we backed the manager in the January window, we ended up getting rid of him in March. And that was Ian Holloway. Are we going to end up with signings like Dan Harding, Fabrini, Jos Hoyveld, um, Michael Tong, Gary Taylor Fletcher? Diego, I mean, Diego Fabrini was a baller, by the way, if anyone remembers him. But, you know, like, it's a bit of a fear, isn't it? Like, if we back him and it doesn't work out, we're going to get lumbered with players that are Rowett players and potentially bring a new manager in that won't really make it work with him. No, I agree. I think I think the 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 players that we have to bring in have to be specific type of players. And you know, even if we even if we only bring in sort of two or three, but they're the right right players for the for the team, then they'll improve us. But I think um, what what Rowett said the other day in an interview was that it's important we get rid of some of the players we want to get rid of first. Players like hopefully Yuri Skelak. Um, players like that and then we can then add to the team sort of replace them because obviously we know that how much Skalak's on a week you know if we can use his wages elsewhere that could be handy of course and I think it would be interesting because I think uh, the club announced last week a new head of recruitment came in replacing according to Aldo shout out to Aldo obviously managed to go from journalist to head of recruitment I mean Harvey Bustle came in chaps I mean I don't know much about him I'm not going to pretend to do so either but I know he worked with uh, Gary Rout across Burton and Birmingham so it's a good relationship there. Hopefully it could lead to a couple of players coming in. But then the theory is, this is what I'm thinking as my point to Kai just there, Neil. Are we going to end up with players that are Gary Rowett type players? And if it doesn't work out, we're going to be a bit stuck. I think it needs to be players that are for the football club, good Millwall players. I think, <laughs> I think you're entirely right with that assumption. Honestly, I'm just, yeah, I just want to address the person that thinks that Berylson should sell. Berylson's the, one of the best chairmen in the Football League. Yeah, let's not get it wrong. Yeah, John Berylson has been absolutely fantastic for this football club. Okay, he 
he hasn't spent millions that people want him to spend. But this is Millwall. We're not in a position to spend millions of pound on players. He funds millions and millions and millions of pounds worth of losses every single year. He says we could end up with a clang that the spotters have. Somebody like that Roland or the or those other sharks that took over that football club and made them a laughing stock. Honestly, I do not believe our mentality of some of our fans at times. Berylson to sell, don't make me stick, honestly. But yeah, well that's yeah, yeah, well that's got on to the point in hand. I think that or yeah, my fear is that. Rabbit's bought in his own head of recruitment. And just like Kenny Jacket, as I think if you read the family book, he had a list of players that he likes to sign. And I think that Rowett has got the same kind of list of players. Maybe not as bad, but obviously he's bought in Ryan Woods. He's bought in Scott Malone. I think he's probably worked with Malone before, hasn't he? He's definitely worked with Mason Bennett. So these Managers, they quite often they don't think outside the box and think, oh, that's going to sign Luke Jepcott at Plymouth, who's scoring goals for fun. You could pick up for a million, a million and a half quid, and and develop, and they'll have a lot of sell-on value down the line. He'll, they like a certain player, so they'll go and sign that certain player. That is my biggest fear. But then again, I would stick with him till the end of the season anyway. So. I can't see what harm it would do, to be honest. The thing is with Millwall, they normally, I mean, it used to work under Aldo, is that um, beginning of the season, they would there, um, they would there analyse their players they'd want. So they'd look for certain players, what they believe are are Millwall-capable players. So it used to be that way under Neil. Um, and, and what they'd do is they'd, they'd have a meeting at the beginning of the season, um, the board and, and, and whatnot, they'd have a meeting where they go, right, these are the players we want. And normally, unless someone special comes up who they think they can get, you know, at a bargain price or someone who suddenly they need, that's normally how it goes. The fact that they've lost their head of recruitment must put a lot of pressure on the manager and the assistant manager to try and find these people um, to say, that's the player we want, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that Gary's brought in someone that he's worked with before and he trusts and the fact that this guy's worked either a three or six month period. So they've known that either this fellow was coming in before Aldo went or as soon as Aldo put his notice in, they got this geezer. It's got to be for a reason. And those people calling for Rowett out, do you think the club's going to get rid of a manager? They just pay to bring in um, the guy he wants for head of recruitment because if Rowett goes, is the head of recruitment going to stay? Don't know, do you? It depends what the relationship is with with Rowett. But I I I I think he's definitely got to stay. I think we've got to trust in the transfer in 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 the transfer window for January, and then maybe come on to next season and see what's what. Um, that's my thoughts. I think um, we're lucky that oh, I feel this person anyway at the moment, at least. Rotherham, Birmingham, Wickham, even QPR in recent times. I can think of four teams that are worse than us at the minute, Kai. But if it gets to the point where we're below them in the form table, things are going to start to get a bit panicky, isn't it, at the club? 
Yeah, definitely. I think, but I, I do think I know. I know we are probably looking down more than looking up, and we have got two games in hand. But then again, against really tough sides, Bournemouth and Watford. But you know, the classic Millwall is to turn up against them sides and, and get 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 results. You know, if we can get a couple of points out of them, we distance ourselves even further. And and you know, I, I know it's a, I know it's people laughing when I say my own family laughing when I say stuff like this. But playoffs, we're only twelve points away. You know, if we have a good second half of the season, we can, we can make it. You know, we went on, we would have won yesterday. It'd be nine points. I admire your confidence. I mean, we had a similar sort of run under Harris, didn't we, a couple of years ago? So we're, we're traditionally a better second half season, uh, second half of the season team. So hopefully we can turn this around. And with players like Zahor and Parrot and a few nice additions in, in January, I've got every confidence that Raul can. I'll make you right, mate. The biggest problem was that we were built up, built up, and built up. And we were led to believe that we were going for the playoffs this year. <laughs> If we didn't have that expectation, would things be different now? I think we're six points away from third bottom. I think the bottom two are gone. I'll be quite honest with that. I think that Wickham and Rotherham will go down. And then it's a number of clubs going for uh, the final relegation place. But I do believe that we've shown enough in the previous two games that we've played to suggest that we're not going to go down. We're going to end up mid-table. Is that a disaster? Nah, not really. We were spoiled last season, weren't we? When we well, when we all dared to dream. But yeah, we're not going down. We've we've got a we've suggested enough. And we're not being beaten. Well, yeah, yeah, I know we got beaten yesterday, but how many draws have we had in those 15 games? I think we've lost four and the last 15 games, I'll tell you actually, because yeah. I just had it up. Um, exactly. The last five, we've had two losses, two draws and one Last win. 15, we've drawn eight, lost five and won two. That's the problem, because converting them draws into wins. So yeah, it's exactly. still there. It's... Um, yeah, but it's not, yeah, but we're not converting them draws into defeats, are we? Yeah, but if we created a little bit more, how many of those draws would have become wins? I mean... Yeah. We're not too far away from it. That's yeah, but that's not yeah, but that's not think it's all doom and gloom. I mean, I we probably thought at quarter to five yesterday. I was slightly annoyed, but it's what you know. What Kyle says, we're we're nine points off playoff position. Thereabouts, ten points off playoff position. Twelve, um, twelve even twelve points off playoff position. But we're also six points off relegation zone. It's mill so, mentality to look down instead of up. And I think yeah, as soon as yeah. we get to a, a 45, 50 point buffer, then I'll feel a bit more happy about the season. And then we'll have to wait and see where we go from there. You got much else you guys want to add today? I think we've gone off quite a while this morning. I follow. Okay, right. Oh, Fucking, oh, what the fuck? I mean, come on, EFL. Listen, right. You are a multi, 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 multi million pound organisation who couldn't run a fucking bath if you had free water. Do you know what I mean? You could be sitting on the side of a dam, mate, and you still wouldn't be able to run a fucking bath. Something needs to be done with I follow because it was okay. All of a sudden, you lose sound from the fucking stadium, but your adverts can be played twice as fucking loud. How is it impossible for you to be able to run a fucking streaming service, what fans are paying a fortune for, and you fuck it up week on, week out? And the trouble is, is that the more times you fuck it up, EFL, the more time that people are going to switch off and find other alternatives or go different places. Because 
no one wants to pay that money for it. And the only people who are hurting is all of our clubs across the whole of the Football League. The Premier League fans kicked off, didn't want to pay £15. So now they're not paying £15. Most of them are being streamed freely. You've got to fucking sort it out, AFL. It's a fucking joke. It does ruin his experience, doesn't it? Yeah, but the Premier League, when they trialled that pay-per-view, okay, £15, I think, was too much. But let's not get away from it. It wasn't the standard of production from the Football League. They were getting the world feed because every Premier League game is filmed in broadcast quality with umpteen cameras and then it's sent around the world. It's sold around the world. Some countries show every Premier League game. So it is broadcast quality. And those crybabies, same as they were crying to get uh, away tickets reduced to 20 quid. Fuck me, to what? Pay 20 quid to watch some of them players in the Premier League. Jesus, and um, yeah, we can be ripped off for 40, 50 pounds to watch an away game. It's it, it just defies belief that the Premier League and Premier League fans cry and we'll boycott this because we're being paid to or being asked to pay to watch Burnley versus Crystal Palace. You support the fucking team, but they don't know they've been born. I follow is an absolute joke. It really is. The commentaries come from the BBC local radio and are quite more, yeah, more often than not, they're more bloody one-eyed than Cyclops. They really are. And the sound drops out. You can lose pictures. It drops this. Christ, you had the two commentators yesterday talking and one says to the other, yeah, you've got the phone. Yeah, you've got the number for I follow. Can you phone them? And it's being broadcast. Honestly, it is. It is just a Mickey Mouse setup, and they're should... charging you a tenner for it. And for five pound more, the Premier League were having broadcast quality games. Yeah, but the... it doesn't make any fucking sense. No, the madness is every fucking Championship club has to have a four K TV capable camera in their ground because the likes of Sky, Quest, etc., yeah. etc., et right, want yeah. the feed. So every club has got a 4K camera in the stand, yeah? But what do you call it? it? I follow is broadcasting on different things. I think the problem is, is that I follow was always designed to be an overseas service, right? Always, 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 always planned to be an overseas service. The problem is now that the bandwidth and everything else is shot up through the roof. So all of a sudden... The quality level coming out isn't as good because there's more people watching it on their bandwidth and they probably not adjusted too far. Yeah, well, I disagree with that. It's being it's being broadcast. Yeah, they knew what the problems were. It's this greed thing where everybody, yeah, where everybody has to go on to this. In some ways, I'm glad because you can imagine what Millwall would be like, couldn't you? If we could have our own service, can you imagine it? <laughs> if we get well, the first half during the second half, do you know what I mean? Just put yeah, it out there. Could. If it was a Millwall service, I'd be happy to throw my hat in the, in the ring to, to do it for them. So <laughs> just yeah, so I can get to see the game yeah, differences. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. But, um, yeah, I, but 
But can you imagine how cheap it would be? Because we do like doing things on the cheap, don't we? You Everyone would get a kids' ticket, mate. Corner. Yeah, we'd have a little camcorder up on the yeah. Yeah, on the thing, wouldn't we? Let's face it. Sorry, sorry, Bill. But but, but well, that's about the only cheer that we're going to get this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, we could have Kai up there with a bloody little camcorder, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Your little webcam. So just. Just one thing. I know, Omar, want, you want to finish. Just one thing, right? I put, while we were talking, and I put, you know, our, um, transparency, I put that we're not in the route out club just yet. Um, I put a vote out, you know, row it out, get him out, or in Gary we trust. At the moment, that that's flying in at 79% in Gary we trust. John Millwall Fox, or, or John Fox Millwall's just put, while recent showings have been poor, I think fans definitely need to take into account where we actually should be in regards to budget, etc., and how much fans not being there is a problem for us too. And I think that is a fucking great point to probably end and we pick up on another show, is that fans are not being there, I think, has a major impact on us. Absolutely. I think you can't be more far, I mean, more more close to the truth than anything, mate. And I think uh, I want to wrap it up here, guys. I just want to quickly, before we go, I want to send our heartfelt condolences to TT. Obviously, yeah. I think over the weekend he lost his dad. And I mean, he done a video yesterday of his boy. And I think, you know, it just puts kind of things into context in life, doesn't it? I think. And but yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys, as always. If you don't have, if you haven't already, be sure to leave a review on the show. Check us out on Twitter. We need your reviews because it always helps us out just a little bit more. And thanks to Kai for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. And we'll be back hopefully on Wednesday with a nice little interview for you guys and also on Saturday building up to the Bourne Wood game. Before we go, we've got a little soundbite sent in after the game yesterday from Mr. Sampa7. If you want to get involved, as always, please send across these little uh, voice notes. We do post them out on Twitter and if people could just get interacted, you'll get onto the show. So obviously within reason. So thanks for listening, guys. Take it easy and speak to you soon. What can I say? Um, terrible performance, first half in particular. Um, we've got no midfield. Um, they're just too easy to play against. Look at Williams and and, and Woods. If you're playing against them, um, you fancy your chances, wouldn't you? Um, there's no bite. There's no passion. There's no determination in there. Um, the sooner we get um, Malumbi in um, back from from, uh, from Brighton alone, the better. Uh, we need him because we're not getting the ball up to our forwards at the moment. We're not winning the midfield battles. Um, Romeo on the right hand side, very very non effective. Each time he gets into the final thirds, he can't deliver a single ball, a decent ball into the box. Um, and he's got no creativity in that final third. He just keeps cutting it back to Hutchison all the time. Um, yeah, Malumbi back sooner rather than later.
This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.